0: welcome to the person partner parent podcast we're all about pursuing a life where you can be a great parent enjoy a loving relationship, and chase your own dreams. It's not necessarily about equal balance, but shifting with change and challenges that come before us. It's about discerning what matters and what we need to focus on. I am your host, Nancy Elizabeth. I'm a mom of two small humans and one fur baby. I'm a partner of 15 years and wife of nine. I'm an engineer who didn't want the corporate world, But armed with a love of research, I became a self-improvement enthusiast who has a burning desire to experience life in its fullest. Now I'm ready to take what I've learned, bring in the experts, and help us all figure it out. Let's get started. Welcome back, friends. Today, I want to talk about a part of how we operate as a family and just one of the things that has been really helpful for us. Something that's really important to me is family culture. And I'm not even sure that this is the term that I want to settle on. I don't know, family mindset, home culture, family culture. I almost feel like I want a word other than culture. Um, But for now, it's, it's the best fit I can really think of. And it's just, it's what our home life is like. It's the way we treat one another. It's the Team Metler mentality. It's the way you feel when you walk into our home, whether you're a family member or a guest. It's kind of that intangible, unspoken, the way you feel, the values we stand for, how we practice them, and just general, what's, what's the mantra, what's the culture of our family? As part of this practice and this idea of family culture, what I've been doing for the past couple years is picking a family theme for the year. Guys, how are there? I'm recording in my closet and somehow there's fruit flies in my closet. How are there fruit flies in my closet when there's no fruit? Yeah, this is irritating. (laughs) So as a part of our family culture, we have a family theme for the year. So this is a word or a short phrase that is what we want to focus on as a family. And it's not like a big measured goal, right? You've heard SMART goals before where you get really specific and it's something that's measurable and you make action steps and you take steps towards that action. You measure you um, celebrate, and yeah, this isn't this isn't that. This isn't learning to or training to run a 5K and training to run or do an Ironman. This isn't um, writing a book and the six steps to get there. This is more of just something to keep in the back of our minds as we go through everything in our day to day. As we make decisions, as we make financial decisions, as we decide what to do for the weekend, it's just like, oh yeah. Does this line up with our family goal? Does this help us on our family goal? Or, oh shoot, I haven't really paid attention to that in a couple days. It's just something to be mindful of more than a specific goal. So it's a theme of the year, word of the year. I heard about this practice and adopted it from Jeremy and Audrey Roloff. They used to be on the reality show, Little People, Big World on TLC. Not sure if you ever saw it. Um, Gosh, it's been around a long time now, but they have their own marriage ministry. They've written a few books and they have the marriage journal that Andrew and I really appreciate and has been a great rhythm for us in our marriage. And so I heard it from them, which I think they may have um, gotten it from other mentors in their life. But yeah, picking that family theme every year, something to focus on. It's your ongoing efforts. It's in the back of your mind as we make our choices. Something we recognize that we want to work on or something we want to lean further into depending on what's going on and what phase of life we're at, what's going on around us, you know, et cetera. It may be something we recognized was causing us hardship or maybe pain by not leaning enough into this area. So 2019, last year, our theme was being present. The first three months of the year, my husband, Andrew, was finishing a deployment in Japan. I was home with a toddler and infant. I was tired. I was just barely making it through each day. And I know my husband, he deeply missed us and all these precious days. He was so sad to be missing out on this time. And he saw me struggling. It was tough. Neither of us was really truly present in what we were doing because we were missing something else, because we were tired, because we were drained. So what we wanted to do was savor the moments, to try to find joy among these days of little sleep and three-year-old shenanigans. It's hard. It's not easy to do that, right? I was in a place where I just wanted to get to the next day. I just got to get through today. Got to get through this morning. Got to get through this evening. Got to get through this meal. And I found myself like, I'm wishing away this entire season. And I get it. I get why. But it was also kind of sad because I know like that baby time is this double edged, difficult, tricky thing that everyone's like, savor and enjoy. And you just want to say, bleep you. (laughs) Like it's so hard. What are you talking about? Enjoy. But then as soon as it's gone, you miss it. It's this funny moment of raising kids and childhood in general that. You struggle in the stage you're in, and once it's gone, you miss it. It's this cruel dichotomy and reality of parenting. So I knew, this being my second child, that I I definitely wanted to enjoy this season with my daughter and with my son, that he would only be three once. So I decided on my own, since my husband was deployed, that this year our theme was going to be being present. I just wanted to make every effort in the moments that I could to be present it was that simple i didn't have to achieve any big thing i didn't have to make grandiose efforts in order to embody this theme of the year it was simple i wanted to be okay with the here and the now and the what is to know that the season would pass and sleep would come and time for myself would come but the cuddles and the coos and we were fortunate to have a good breastfeeding journey, those moments of breastfeeding with her, those moments at night when I was exhausted, but we were quietly cuddling, I wanted to do my best to savor them now and I want to say that this goal wasn't a goal to be complacent or accepting of not having postpartum help that like, oh, things are just the way they are, and uh just you know be happy, be present where you're at, no, no, <laughs> um. <laughs> it would have been awesome. And I would have enjoyed that season a lot more if I had had more help. Um, It would have been huge. I really still think looking back, I'm not sure how good of a job I did being present. I know I did my very best. um, But I know I needed help. And for a lot of different reasons, it wasn't coming. But what I did succeed at, and I'll go ahead and pat myself a little bit on the back, is I had little things. I took little intentional steps. I would take a mental health break. And for me at that time, that looked like going to the YMCA, getting a short workout in, using the two hours of childcare included. So after my workout, I would get a hot, uninterrupted shower, get dressed, be clean, I would even take a little time to maybe take a walk or meditate. I was just, it was the little bit that I could do that I could do to be better and calmer and more present with the kids. But then in March, my husband came home from deployment. And this is where our family theme was so much more powerful. He just wanted to soak up time and memories that he had missed and longed for. I had more time to care for myself. And then in turn, pour back into my family and just create memories that was literally our aspiration for the year finish some house projects because we had moved in a year before and only had about six months of while i was very pregnant and he was getting ready for deployment so just house projects and being together as a family evenings and weekends exploring our community and just being we posted this theme on the wall in our kitchen living room i attempted to be um One of those people that does lettering. I don't know if that's still on trend, but you know, everyone doing the chalkboards and really beautiful lettering and font. And so I got on YouTube and attempted. I'm a novice, but I did it. So I put it on a big piece of the brown butcher paper and we hung it up on the wall in our kitchen living room. And it was this nice visual reminder that we needed as often as we could. When life starts to get busy and we get caught up in our to-do lists, to sit down, be present, enjoy a meal, be present. Stop thinking about the to-do list, stop thinking about what's next, be present. This was also very good for us because I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that I'm not the only parent struggling with this. Phones. Neither my husband nor I want to admit it, but we spend more time. Than we want to on our phones. It was a thing last year, you know, with young kids. It's so much worse this year with coronavirus and pandemic because our phones are sometimes the only way we feel connected to other people. Checking on social media, doing text messages, group chats. It literally, for us, is kind of the lifeline to other adults. But then we know that our kids are seeing us on them all the time. And they're asking to look at them and mommy phone and mommy this. And you start to see behaviors in the kids, you know, that they're reflecting back to you that they get it, that they see that you're caring more about that phone than chatting to them in the moment. And of course, there's balance. We're not going to pay attention to the kids every single moment of the day. And there's boundaries and balance between both. But I think you guys, I think we all have a good sense of when we're just getting sucked into our phones way too easily, too much and too often. So the being present was a constant reminder for us to kind of check that and to check what our behaviors were surrounding that and to just be mindful and to just put it down, check out, and be present with the kids and be present with each other. That's not easy when you've been married for a long time and you've got a lot on your mind and you just kind of want to check out at the end of the day. So we have, like I said earlier, no measurement, no milestones, no markers for these family themes. It's not something that you have to achieve. It's just like a value or a goal to exude. It's a place to be in, a mindset to be in. It's an intangible thing. And for us, it was the absolutely right goal for 2019. So then we started thinking, all right, 2020, what is our family theme going to be for 2020? We had our feet under us a bit better. My daughter was over a year old, our son four, getting to that preschool age. Things were a lot easier than they had been the year before. There's no deployments on the horizon. So it should be a really good year. Do you want to know what my goal was for 2020? Is for 2020? Community. Yeah. You want to go ahead and take a guess how that's going? (laughs) Right? So the origin of where it came from was a real need. We have realized that we haven't established a very good community at this point in our lives. We're a military family. And in early 2018, we moved back from a remote area of Japan back to Southern California. We found when we moved back that a lot of the friends we had when we left here had either moved on themselves, gone to other places, or that we were just now in different phases of life. So it's funny. It's It's been hard to find community. We moved to a neighborhood that we weren't familiar with, one where it was easier for us to afford a home and have a bit more space. And we just, we didn't know anyone. I mean, our village wasn't there. It takes a village to raise kids. And we realized that we don't have a village. Our families are all on the East Coast. Our parents are still working, so they're busy. They can't be out here all the time with us. I also wanted to look inward, and, and clearly something had changed within me or within us that we were struggling to connect to our community. I was honestly trying. We would go to play groups. We went to music and preschool classes and different things, distinctly trying to meet other mothers and parents. And can anyone relate to grown-up like making friends as a grown up is so awkward. It's like dating. Like you're at the playground and you're like, oh, hey. I guess you talk about your kids and introduce and you kind of check out their parenting style and they kind of check out yours and you see if the kids get along and try to make a joke at some point or offer to help with something and introduce yourself maybe. And then do you ask for a number? Do you not ask for a number? Oh, would you like to hang out in the future? Oh, maybe for coffee or the kids? It's so awkward. And every time, I, I tried a lot of times, and these friendships and phone calls w- weren't going anywhere. And then I would tell people that I was lamenting and, and struggling to form community. And and people say, well, you have to try. You have to go. And I'm like, I, I'm trying. I'm, I'm going. I have many, many friends who tell me how lonely it was until their children started school. And then everything started to change. So, if they had felt that way, then I couldn't have been alone in this struggle. It can't just be that I'm failing at the adult friendship dating game. That it must be a phase of life where other people feel this. So, realizing all of this, community was our goal for 2020 that we're going to change some of our habits. We're going to do some reading. We're going to do some thinking. We're going to change some of our attitude and approach to things. And we're going to be distinct to saying yes. Who cares how long the community is? We're going to say, yes. Yeah, we'll come to that barbecue. Yeah, we'll come to that event. Because we want to be intentional about creating community for ourselves and our whole family. So 2020, the goal is community. We get started well. I get to go to a women's retreat. We're hanging out with friends. We're reconnecting. We're planning trips to visit with old friends from college, to visit siblings that live out of state. And then March rolls around. And yeah, we all know where we end up. Pandemic. This goal has been so painful as pandemic and stay at home, shelter, social distance, as all that lingers on and stretches on. No one's meeting. There's no backyard barbecues. There's no play dates. There's no school events, no church, no church events. We are all more isolated than ever before. We've tried to keep this going. We've tried to say, hey, let's do some Zoom calls and FaceTime play dates to try to maintain relationships that we already had or had started. But what we found was a lot of people saying, you know what? Um, I need to push back there and say no, because I've got Zoom burnout. My kids are so over looking at a screen. Or it's too hard for the kids to connect with each other and play over a screen. Or it's a lot of work for the parents because they're like, Mommy, move the camera so they can see my super cool princess castle. And can you move it again so they can see the monster trucks? And Mommy, can you flip the screen around so I can show them my toy? So um, maybe as my kids become a bit more tech savvy, that'll be easy. (laughs) But my point is that um, it's hard that even maintaining friendships that we had, over virtual connection, it's hard. We want the real thing. We want a real hug. We want a real high five. And so we've been kind of staring at this theme, again, up on the wall in our kitchen. 2020, the year of community. And I think at this point, we've just realized it's not going to happen this year. That I still think it's very important, that it's definitely something that we need to cultivate and build in our lives, but it's just not gonna happen this year. I just, I think we're fighting too hard paddling upstream with one plastic, flimsy foam paddle, or maybe we lost the paddle a mile back. I don't know, but I'm done with things being hard. There's enough that's hard this year. We're still trying to lean into people. That we love and reach out for friends and family. But I think making it the central theme of our family this year is just, it's not serving us. So even though we're over halfway through the year, we're going to switch. We're going to pivot. I personally feel like I need something new to focus my energy on. You know, all those memes or images going around where everyone's putting like their January, February, March, like their faces as they go through the months of this year. It's so wild. It's been like five years. I mean, we started the craziness of all this and then the shock and then it went for six weeks and then eight. And we're like, surely, surely it won't go all the way through the summer and no way it's going into the school year. And then remember when all the concerts and every event and every convention was canceled and everything was rescheduled for October. Well, yeah, now here we are in October and everything it's just not happening. So that's that's where I'm at. I'm with that Reese Witherspoon face of complete just aghast and done and tired. And I'm saying enough. Like I need a new positive energy focus. I want to pull our family together to have a collective goal, a collective theme, a collective energy. We've been through hard things before, but the slow and ongoing toll of this year, it just, it feels heavy. Around us lately, there are a lot of heavy things. There is sickness, there is death, there is sadness, there are good pivots, I think, an awakening happening in society I'm glad we're we're doing the work to really deal with the systemic racism. I'm glad there's awareness being raised to things um like human trafficking and child trafficking, but it also is very very heavy and I don't know if all personalities feel it the way I'm feeling it, but gosh i I'm tired of going to bed sad i'm I'm feeling the days of of hope and joy and gratitude being a bit less, and so even through we want to be there for those hard things, we're not abandoning good causes, and we're not abandoning being there through, for the people we love through the hard things, and we want to be supportive for the community that we do have, and we will we will be strong for them, to be a light for them, to be love for them, but that also starts with being in a good, healthy place ourselves, and so I want to change our family theme. I want to get our hearts focused on something good and then give good out to everyone that we can. All right. So here are some of the contenders for our theme of the rest of 2020. Hope. Quite frankly, I want to be in a place of greater hope. I um, get very upset, get very triggered, I guess to when i hear people saying that this is the way it's going to be for forever that we will never travel again that people won't ever hug or high five again that the world is forever changed that everything's going to become virtual reality and everything's going to become remote and we're going to become this detached electronic dependent society i um i don't personally welcome that i don't want that and I get upset and I have hope. I have hope that our health, our immunity, that science, that, yeah, maybe we never go back to exactly the way things were because you never should after something so massive. We should always make positive change. And if this time hasn't shed a light on systems and things and health and flaws in our societal structure that needed to be addressed, then I don't know. Not that there was a purpose to it, but I think we should always learn through whatever circumstance we go through, right? But yeah, I want to have hope. I want to have hope that while we learn from it, we do get back to some sense of the pace of life and the way things were before. That travel will come again. That loving one another, being close to one another will come back. There are so many good studies that talk about physical touch as being absolutely crucial to our well-being, that community, that being together, being around one another, is literally what helps people live longer lives. It's so important. So I need hope. I want hope to be on our hearts. I want to believe in it. I want to know it. I'm not sure how we embody this one, though. I'm not sure how we go about it. I'm not sure that I have it in me right now to just wake up and have hope All the time, and to tell the kids to have hope and believe. Maybe it would be through meditation and mindful meditation. Maybe it would be through our prayer lives expressing that hope and that joy and truly believing it in our hearts as a family. And maybe that would just start to change our attitude and our outlook. Another possible word for our theme of the year is joy. I think I like joy more than hope. I think I like joy because. I want to find more joy. I want to find joy in the simple things. I want to find joy in the everyday. There's a lot heavy. There's a lot that we're processing through. There's a lot we're going through, but joy can still be found in those things. Anyone who's ever visited a place that's been just completely wrecked by natural disaster, by poverty, by war... Comes out with these stories that they meet people, that they meet families, that they meet children filled with complete joy. And it just leaves them mind blown. They're like, I don't understand. You have what I would consider pretty much nothing. You don't have a lot to be hopeful about. And yet you're filled with joy. So that's the wonderful thing is that joy can be found in the everyday. That joy isn't dependent upon life's circumstances being ideal. It's almost like a choice, a choice of what we see, a choice of what we observe, a choice of perspective. And I'd like to have that perspective right now. I want to find joy in that first sip of a really delicious hot cup of coffee. I want to find joy in the smile and giggle of my daughter, that I'm not so distracted, I'm not paying attention, that I'm sitting next to her and really soaking up that giggle. I want to find joy in a warm sunshine morning, joy that the breeze blows and the sun rises and the sun sets. Despite all of this chaos, nature and the world is still turning. Is still going, is still moving. I want to find joy in holding hands with my husband and getting a good night's rest and putting back on some of my clothes that really haven't been worn in quite a while, thanks to um, two babies and then pandemic. I finally fit back in them and then had nowhere to wear them. So now I'm just getting dressed up for no reason other than to bring myself some joy. I want to find joy in simple things like dessert nights, movie nights, ice cream cones, taking a walk, calling a friend. I connected with a friend that I've been trying to connect with for a while and just life has gotten us both busy and we're opposite coasts. And I finally reconnected the other day and it felt so good because she had good news to share. And I was like, oh, yay. (laughs) Joy. We need joy and to celebrate each other's joys. Another possible word that I'm thinking about for 2020 is health. You're probably like, oh yeah, Nancy, womp, womp, like choose health in the year of the pandemic. Stay with me. I'm tempted to pick health because I think I want to be careful not to let ours slip. Pandemic is hard pandemic in the beginning was all about treating ourselves to comfort food and, you know, pour in an extra glass of wine. And I think a lot of us have realized as it's, again, gone on much longer than any of us thought that we cannot survive off macaroni and cheese and brownies, that our health will not prosper if we do that, um, and that a culture of drinking for release repeatedly or emotional relief is not the healthiest mentality so i want to be mindful of our health i want to get outside i want to make sure we're getting healthy whole foods vitamins sleep fresh air minimizing our stress you know we're coming into flu season and colds and all those kind of things it doesn't look like coronavirus is going away and I don't want to compound it with other things, so I just kind of feel a calling in my heart to really get mindful about my family's health, to really be mindful about our own health that that is kind of the best thing that we as individuals can do right now is take some personal accountability as much as we can, some personal responsibility for our own health. I think part of the reason things have been so terrible in the United States um, compared to the rest of the world, really our numbers is in a big part because we aren't healthy as a people. We we really aren't. I think in some ways, we kind of have uh, health washed ourselves into believing that we are. But the standard American diet is not good. Um, We all eat way too much processed foods, way too much sugar, way too much sodium. Yeah, there's still the prevalence of certain large chain eateries being a main staple in this country is a strong indicator that we're not that healthy, that we're not taking care of our bodies. And no one wants to hear it and no one wants to admit it, but it's really true. We have so many pre-existing conditions. We have so many comorbidities we really need to take some personal responsibility. We do, because even some of the non industrialized countries that are facing this pandemic, they maybe work and labor outside. So they're getting fresh air, exercise, grounding to the earth. They probably eat, even though it's a basic diet, they may not have access to things. It's probably more whole, whole food based than most Americans eat. I mean, Rice and beans is a staple in a lot of places in the world for a reason. It's very sustaining. It's a whole food. Food grown in a garden is wonderful and sustaining and nutritious. Nutritious. I can't say that. (laughs) Anyway, without going too far on a rant, I just, I feel like we all need to kind of have an awakening to monitoring our own health, to doing our best. Science is good. Science is awesome. Healthcare is good. Healthcare is awesome. We need to do our part to meet them. We need to do our part to match that. We need to do our part to not wait for medicine and science to come rescue us. They're there if we need them, but if we put our own health down the tubes so far, it's not going to be enough. So, hopping off my soapbox now, there's another word that I'm thinking about for our theme of the rest of 2020, and it's simplicity. Ever since having kids, I all of a sudden crave simplicity. I bit by bit have been trying to purge things in our home, closets, drawers. I'm constantly revisiting a different room or area of our house and trying to Marie Kondo (laughs) each room or each space. I just, I can't deal with a drawer where I can't find things, or that's holding things that we haven't touched in 10 years and likely won't touch for another 10 years or maybe never again. If I am going to clean, if I'm going to find things, if I'm going to keep track of things, I want everything to be simple. Home for everything and everything in its home. Like I said, there is so much this year that is hard. I don't want to make anything harder. I want to make my home life as simple as possible so then I can focus on the things that matter. I can focus on things that bring us joy, that help us form community, that make us healthy. And I can spend a lot more time on those things if I'm not messing around, doing a ton of laundry, trying to find this item, cleaning up, decluttering, dusting, Even our routines and our systems, like all of that. I want simplicity. Getting out the door, what stuff we need to bring, our accessories, how we go through our mornings, how we go through our evenings, simplicity. The simpler things are, the less fight there is in things, the less difficulty there is, the more ease we can go through our days. That is exactly what I'm craving. Our finances, our meals, everything. I want simplicity. I don't want to think or work. I was going to say any harder than I need to, but in truth, I want simplicity so I can make more meals from scratch and things like that. So, about a month and a half ago, if you followed me at all on social media, you saw that we had the most random trauma, terrible week, couple weeks based on bird mites. And pretty much, like, nobody has heard of bird mites. I didn't know what bird mites are. But to try to make a long story short, we had these little, like, you know, you feel that itch on your skin. And you're like, oh, well, it's just a a hair or something, or it's just an imaginary itch. Well, we were getting itches, and we looked down on our arm, and you saw, like, basically what was a speck of dust moving on your arm. You're like, okay, gross. It's like a micro spider. Okay. And then you see more. And then we were talking about it one evening, and we pull back our bed sheets, and we see a number of them. So cue everybody's panic, cue gross factor, and lots and lots and lots of high heat cleaning, and I mean a lot of cleaning, a whole house kind of fumigation, ozone treatment hours and hours a day of bathing and washing and reading horror stories of how bad these infestations can get. I mean, so we did a lot of research from the get-go and we were able to identify that it was bird mites very quickly from literally a nest of five baby birds right outside the sliding glass door in our master bedroom. And that's exactly where they were concentrated. It, We just we figured it out really fast. Thank goodness. Um, but we've read stories of how bad these infestations get and that it's something that people... Um, literally go into depression and mental illness over. And it was just bad. It, If you read the stories and things we heard when we were talking to people were bad. And we were already mentally stretched. So thin, right? So we come to this moment where we've moved out of our home. We took barely anything with us. And we were going for walks. And that I just needed to release stress. We were living in a hotel. We were scared. We were terrified. The kids did not understand what was going on. We were a mess. And we were taking this walk down by the bay and we had just cried and talked and and talked about how unsure we were and what might happen in the future. And what if we, you know, spend all our money? What if the house is unsellable because it's, you know, infested? what are we going to do? What our retirement, are we going to have to do this? We're we going to have to liquidate that. I mean, that seems really dramatic, but if you look into people that have dealt with these bugs, it wasn't necessarily off course. So we were just kind of going through those what ifs. And we had this moment where we looked at each other and we were talking and I was like, we had a dog with us. We had to move her out of the house for the treatment as well and get her treated. So we have that double stroller, those huge things, and we've got both our kids in the stroller and the dog likes to nestle up right by the kid's feet. We have a small dog. And so it was us and the kids and the dog. And we were like, oh, if we lose everything material, if we lose every penny we've saved over the years, everything we have done our best to be proactive for retirement, every bit we've tried to... Be wise and be prepared. You know, we finally built ourselves out of debt. If we lose all that, if if we lose our careers, our friends, our hair, because um, people tend to shave their hair off when they go through this thing. If, if and just if if everything we knew changes and we lose that, we would be okay. That we don't need all of those things. That if we don't have all those things that we have currently in our house. The the wardrobe, the books, the the even the photo albums. I mean, if we don't have all those things, those creature comforts, you know, I wasn't wearing makeup at this point. I completely cut all that off. All my, I wasn't even wearing my wedding jewelry. If we stopped doing all those things, we were okay, and we realized how okay we were, and how really that week was almost really wonderful and simple, and that we weren't spending our time. On all the things and maintaining all the things and maintaining this certain look and maintaining this certain, like we each had two outfits, just a basic item or two, and we were okay. And it was just this wake up call for us that in this time of simplicity, in this time without all our stuff, that we would be, that we could be absolutely fine. And for me, it kind of triggered a light that like, I crave that. I crave this because I had more sweet moments with my kids that week. I had more tender, vulnerable moments with my husband than I had had in a long time. We had more meals together. We had more morning walks together than we ever have. It's one of those times when you go through something hard and you never want to go through it again, and and you never wish it on anybody, but you're like, wow, um, thank you in some way. Thank you for showing me this. Thank you for shining a light on what's really important in my life. So, between pandemic and bird mites, I want that simplicity. I want my life to get back to simple, to pursue the intangibles, to pursue time together as a family, to pursue time in nature, time knowing myself, time learning things, time reading. It hits home for me in the end of this year because. Despite not having any of the activities we used to do before, right? We could say that, oh, things have already been simplified thanks to pandemic. You know, There's no sports. There's no kids' activities. There's no birthday parties and play dates. Like we're not driving from place to place and activity to activity. A lot of us have been home and home cooking in ways that we haven't in a long time. And so like, hey, Nancy, like things have already simplified pretty much. Like what the heck are you talking about? But even though we're not going out and doing those things, I think we're all still super busy because now we're all super busy at home together. We're teaching and working and watching the kids. We're not getting breaks. We're not depending upon others. We lost our community. So we're still really busy. And there's a lot of moving pieces and a lot of things going on. You know, while our lives before pandemic were very busy in one sense, a lot of those busy times Filled different avenues and spaces in our life. They filled community. They filled personal time. They filled spiritual time. They filled a physical exertion and fitness and health and community and friendship and learning new things. And now what we're doing is trying to take all of those things that were served by a community and trying to do them all within our households. And so we're still tired. So I'm thinking about simplicity, how I can simplify. So I can pay attention to the things I want to pay attention to. So I can have time for the things I really want to do. There's other words we could use for 2020. Other themes. Maybe a theme of endurance. Maybe a theme of tenacity. Maybe a a theme of faith. A theme of being still. I am not terribly good at that. And I don't feel called to tackle that right now, personally. (laughs) But I, I'm curious, what is your word? I'm interested, though. I'm super curious. What, What is coming up for you? Is anything I'm saying resonating? Or are you in a completely different place? And that is fine. I, a family word, a family theme, it's not. It's very individual. What would your theme be for 2020? Have you ever thought of doing a family theme? Which one do you think I should pick? If you have an idea of what you think I should choose as the rest of our family theme for 2020, or you have something that has sparked in you that you want to unite your family around this theme, you know, maybe it can just be like enjoying or savoring. Maybe yours is memories. The fall is filled with holidays and time off. So maybe you just want to get creative about really enjoying the last couple months of this year as much as you can about making schooling from home or going back to school or distance holidays or whatever it is, making that as special as you can so that we can look back on 2020 with some joy and say, hey, there were good things that happened there. Marriages are happening. Babies are being born. Good things are still happening. I'm going to leave comments open for this post on www.nancyelizabeth.com slash podcast. Or if you want to talk to me over at Hello Nancy Elizabeth on Instagram or at Person Partner Parent Podcast on Instagram, what's your word? What's your word for 2020? Or what's a great word that came up but isn't your word? Maybe it's great for another family that you want to share. Maybe it's not your word, but you still want to share. Maybe someone else will love it. Tell me. Tell me your words for 2020. What is your theme? How will you live out that theme in your family? We have so many great people with great ideas. Let's share them and help each other out. Thanks so much for joining me today. Friends, I hope you have faith and that you don't give up. We can do this together. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a great day.